welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I'm Chris Marone. Chris, it is great to see you. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus because, well, you were out gallivanting around Europe and wow. we want to hear some of these stories in just a bit. And I had to find your replacement. Guess what I found Ooh. out, Chris? What? You can't be replaced. Irreplaceable. You are irreplaceable. Beyonce Not wrote a song about me, by the way. I'm <laughs> irreplaceable. Really? Yeah. Go check that you out. You know. I know. Well, we, uh, we are good. Me. We have a lot to talk about. In fact, so much oh has God. happened over the so previous much. month. So I hope you have the next three or four hours cleared off of your schedule because we have a lot <laughs> to talk about from so cocaine that was found at the White House. And there was a crackpot investigation trying to find out where Trump, only the best of the best, was on this task of finding who was oh. behind this mystery cocaine bag. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have uh, Hunter Biden made a plea for his tax issues that went before a federal judge here just this week we're going to unpack that as well but before we get to the you know the legal news i want to yeah. hear about your trip to germany and i googled germany and i found there was okay. two towns there i believe one was called osterfeld and maybe the other one was called osterville i assume that was probably mm. on your itinerary of course not why would i go to towns that nobody's ever heard of because it's got to be my, my great, I, pr I probably have a relative who is king of Osterville. And so maybe I could go oh. there and make a claim for the palace. I don't know. I was hoping you would scout that out for me. No, but seriously, I am actually really intrigued by your trip. In fact, I've yet to unpack your trip uh, you know, off oh the air because I was curious to, to find out. So I thought, well, let's just do this here at the beginning of this podcast. I want to go to Germany. I want to go to Europe. Chris, how oh. did you... How did you, how did this happen? How did you plan a trip all the way? In, and for so long, you spent about what? I Two months there in Europe. We were, well, we were there for four weeks. So we were there for, man, we were there for 28 day, glorious, glorious days. But there's One, a conversion table. So I didn't know if that four weeks meant eight weeks in us <laughs> time. You know, what's funny is that the Euro is actually down against the dollar. So the dollar had more buy power in Europe okay. during our time there. Um, it was it was a convo confluence of uh, a couple of things. One, there's a gentleman that Megan, my wife Megan, and I go to church with. He taught German for about 30 years in the public school systems here in Arizona. His wife's German. He served in Germany when he was in the army. Um, so Germany's been his whole life, and he does a school tour where he takes high school seniors. Right. And then he does an adult tour afterwards to make that extra money since he's already over in Germany. And which one and did so you he, go on? Uh, mm, it was a toss up, but right. I don't feel like I need to be around the 18 year olds anymore. All right. I got Just, you. I got you. You, so know, you, you, you went with your age. I got you. Okay. Go on. Yep. Went with my age um, and people who have the same back problems and people that are less annoying than 18 year olds in Germany for the first time where they get to drink for the first time. Uh, do you, what is the drinking age there in Europe? 16. All right. I, I have heard years old, man. I have heard that if you go to McDonald's, they'll even give you beer at McDonald's. Is that yes. accurate? That is 110%. They will not give you diet Coke in the morning, but you can get beer with you your like ham McGriddle that they have. It's this weird ham thing. And that's why the BMWs are the epitome of the, the driving world, because apparently you need right. to be when you're drinking and driving at 16, I guess. Right. Well, all right. Well, exactly. so how did you get around? Uh, trains. 
absolutely 100% walking. My wife and I clocked it. We did a little over a hundred in hundred ish miles, hundred plus miles of walking. Um, and then we rode public trains everywhere that we went. The train system there is amazing, obviously compared to America where we don't have a train system, but they also had what's this, this thing's called a Deutschland ticket. And what you do is you pay $49 or 49 euro, which is about 56 American and you with conversion rates and fees and whatnot and you can ride all the regional trains all the buses all the um trolleys all the everything all you want the only thing you can't go on hold on a second are, you, you said all you want you paid them out mm -hmm. of money you let that one critical detail is that like per day per week total per month for a month sorry, for a month for a month and it's and it's on a month period so you pay for june 1 to june 30 July one to July thirty first. Fifty six dollars for all yep. your transportation. That that's one Uber mm -hmm. ride here in America, but that's that's Dude. an entire month's trip vacation or travel. Well, and we were looking at it. So my wife and I eventually ended up off in Austria, where we were hanging out for a few days in Austria, and we were looking at because we were coming back to Kaiserslautern, which is where Rammstein Air Force Base is. You know, good old U.S. of A. Rammstein Air Force Base. We were looking from Austria. Vienna, Austria to Rammstein Air Force Base, it was going to be somewhere in the realm of like 230 euro per person to go there. What we did is we paid the 25 euro to go Austria to, to Salzburg. And then once you're in Salzburg, that's considered the last stop on the Deutschland ticket. So then we just did regional trains from Salzburg all the way up to um, Kaiserslautern. Okay. And it cost us $20. So, I mean... All right. There's so many different options for public transportation there. Most of most of it is Deutsche Bahn, DB is the train company. But man, it was it was one. It was like the best worst experience. Now, now did on you these ever trains. did you ever go out into like let's just say a rural part? Now, because I'm thinking of trains. Yes, you're gonna have to stay in the city or, or no. Major they go everywhere. They go everywhere. We went. So we started out in Frankfurt, which is the major civic like kind of. It's like Denver of Germany, okay. like all the, like banking is there and all that stuff. And, and their football we, team sucks. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Right, right, right. Of course. Um, so we went from Frankfurt and we went up to Cologne, and it's a four-hour train ride up to Cologne. You go through Bonn, you go through a couple other major cities, but from Cologne we took a train to this little town, and it was my absolute favorite stop. Absolutely my favorite stop on the on the whole ride. And it was a place called Saint Gore. S A N K T G O A R. Saint Gore, and it's like a four street town. It is not, but it's like this perfect little quaint German looking town, you know, with the cobblestone streets and all the, the stuff. And it had the best steakhouse. Joel steak. I'm, t I'm, I'm telling you, what did you get Been to many, many steakhouses? I'm a big guy. I have, I have tasted many a great steaks. This is one of the best steaks I've ever had. What did you get? Steakhouse. The ribeye? No, it was the, bo the bone in porterhouse. Ooh. Bone and porterhouse. it came with a big, it came in with a baked potato with, for lack of a better description, like a French onion dip, like okay. a chip dip right. on top of the baked potato. Nice. Uh, it was 15 euro. $15. 15 euro. Yeah, about $15 for a American. Porterhouse steak. Bone in porterhouse baked potato How with many ounces? Two, two counts of um, pork chops with it. It was a. Uh, 12, 13 ounce steak. 12, 13 euro. ounce steak. All right. 15 euro. The, here's where they get you though. Um, 
you can go to a restaurant in America and you get water at your table and then you order a soda and you usually get refills. That does not exist in Germany. Water is 350 euro. Soda is 350 euro. Beer and wine, two euro. So, and there's so, no so refills. The beer really is cheaper oh, yeah, than the for water. Sure. 100%. So much cheaper. Wow. Because okay. they, cause they pump beer out of kegs, right? Pump them out of kegs. Water is all individual bottles. They okay. don't have like a pitcher of water that they come and set, or they don't go over to the tap, even though the tap water there is just amazing, right? It's packed from the Alps, and then it's drained off spring water from the snowpack from the Alps. But you can't drink can't get better that. Water than that. You can drink the, that. I mean, you totally I mean that. but that's not free. They, they're, they're, the water they give you at the restaurant is going to be in a bottle, and they're going to charge you three mm-hmm. bucks for it. Yep. All right. But according to like, all the like Rick Steves and all the like tour guides and the German guides, most people they'll just go to a public bathroom and fill up their water bottles in the sink because the the tap water is so good. There you go. In Germany, See, travel that you tips. Don't need that is worth right. listening to this podcast Boom. to get that travel tip. Bring a bottle right. in and then just go to the mm-hmm. bathroom and fill it up yourself. Then drink. Whatever oh my gosh! You fill it's, up. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously good. It's it's amazing. Like right. the food was amazing. This little town was right on the Rhine River. It was amazing. There was the towns on both sides of the Rhine. And there was this ship that you had to get across to cross the Rhine if you wanted to go to, I don't know, like a supermarket or something. And the guy just like drifted this boat across the Rhine River eight hours every day. And it's like, all right, slides in, slides off. It was beautiful. So uh, I've. So I've planned trips to Europe before and I've yet yeah, to yeah. take a trip to, to Europe. And where okay. I always get stuck is I don't know where to stay. Cause I, I'm looking for the yeah. Hampton Inn. I'm looking for what I'm used to <laughs> in America. If I am going to go to an embassy suites or a Hampton Inn, there's a, I know yeah. what to expect. How did you handle finding decent places to stay and, and also to make sure that you're going to be in the right part of town? So we started with, um, we made one mistake and we stayed at a hostel in Cologne and never again, because right next door to the hostel was a Hyatt and we should have stayed at the Hyatt. Um, but so don't stay at hostels for, and I mean, we're old men now, like we shouldn't be at hostels anyways. That's a young person's game. Um, but what we would do is we would go to like, we went to, um, Rotenburg Ode de Tab, which is this old style German, you know, village where the night watchman gives tours like still around the city and he dresses up and he's got the big scabbard and all this stuff. He looks really, really cool. He's these great cities. So we're like, all right, here's the city center. Let's look around and see what the hotels are. And there's the four Google, right? Four, five, six, you know, the three, four, five star hotels, right? We kept it in the four star range because four star gave you free breakfast. Okay. Um, a lot of reviews that said like, the rooms are safe. The rooms are cool, right? Because it's it's summertime in Germany too, so it's still hot over there, right? It was like 92, 93 most days. Um, so there's air conditioning in the room. And then we just kind of like looked at different sites, Travelocity, Expedia, Hotels.com, and kind of like got a feel for – we did a little bit of research. We got a feel for, okay, this one is consistently across these these websites as four stars. This is what they say. You know, they haven't gotten a one-star review in several months. Like, so you this just seems like use a cool your place. Travelocity in your Hotels Tonight app just like you would in, in America. Right, exactly. There and then go. we just planned it. The I would probably say um, 
that worked everywhere except for Cologne, where we stayed in the hostel. But especially like in Vienna, um, in Salzburg, like those types of places, there's so many like touristy bed and breakfasts, and everybody's like, "Oh, I want to have like that experience of." you know, waking up in a, in an Austrian town and the hills are alive, right? Like, no, no. Like you're going to walk to all these places. You're going to put hundreds of miles on your feet, stay at a place that has a comfortable bed, that has a shower, that has a breakfast in the morning, like stay at these places and then use that as your home base to go do all the other cool stuff. Like okay. there's so much stuff to do that you don't need to have the experience of staying in a bed and breakfast in Austria. Cause you're, I mean, Megan and I were probably at our hotel rooms for including sleep seven hours a day. Uh, well, all right. Then that's, that's the so, way it should be. If just you're out, out there in Europe, you might right, as well go, go out there and see the sights. Uh, all right. So exactly. just give us the one thing. If you were going to say, Joel, I know you're going to, to Europe and in the area that, that mm -hmm. I went to do this one thing. What would that Steakhouse one thing be? Steakhouse in St. Gore. Steakhouse in St. <laughs> Legitimately, Joel, like, I love the trip. Life-changing. So many things. We we took um, we took this giant skybox up from the valley in Salzburg up to the top of the mountain. We over, You could oversee Salzburg. You could see into Germany. You could see everywhere, right? Still, the steakhouse. Right, well, that's also, called guess, knowing your audience right there. You know right. exactly who you're talking to. <laughs> right. Sorry. And, and then I would say... You. And then I would say, and this is the harder part of the trip, is go to a concentration camp. Ah. I, it, it, it is not a, it's this weirdly, like, very difficult, very liberating, very emotional thing to do. But I, I think it's incumbent upon us as Americans um, to go and visit these sites of such disgusting evil and to see that we can overcome something so horrible as now, they, these concentration camps. I, I, I have a question about that because a lot of times in, um, you think of things that happened so long ago, but, or, or right. a different regime, but you're in Germany, you're in that area right. and it only, the concentration camps were all, I mean, it was only 75 years ago. Did, did I do yeah. my math right? It, it wasn't about, that yeah. long ago. Um, right. and, and so what was the local, you know, attitude about something that was so evil and also so recent in their history? So in Austria, they did not teach about the Holocaust. They did not teach about Nazi occupation. They did not teach about anything until the mid eighties. It was, it was a discussion. It was a taboo discussion. They didn't talk about it. Nothing. And you gotta, I mean, looking back on European history and I wasn't a buff on that, right? I didn't take European history outside of what was required in high school. And so, you know, the, the Austrians were a free nation and then they were invaded by the Nazis and taken over by the Nazis. And then the Soviets came in and took over the, so and took them over for a long time. And they were part of the Soviet union for a while. So Austria is such a old, but young country because a generation had gone by between when they ruled themselves to when they ruled themselves again. So they're kind of establishing back in where they fit in the world stage. Um, whereas Germany had these beautiful like golden plaques that were probably about yay big, right? They were probably like four inches by four inches, maybe three inches by three inches. 
and they were in front of all these houses as you walked around different places in Germany. And I mean, like we were in the financial district of um, Frankfurt and we saw them on the ground. We were by the old houses in St. Gore and, and Cologne and Stuttgart and Kaiserslautern. Um, and the gold plates gives the name of the owner of the house that it's in front of. And then when the Nazis took them, what concentration camp they went to and what was the result? And I would say 90% of them was murdered at Dachau, murdered at Auschwitz, murdered at this concentration camp. And the German government decided to to install those probably in the late 80s, early 80s, mid 80s, somewhere in there, to remind the country of, of what evil, what fascism is capable of. And it's it's a gentle reminder. It's not right. it's not a huge like it's not this like big in your face thing, but they are definitely out of place. When you are walking around, they are noticeable from afar. But it's a reminder, like and they call them um stumbling stones. And I don't know what the German word is. I think it's like Stufenhof. Um, but they're known as stumbling stones to remind you that like we did this and we right. can never do this again. And when you're when you're at Dachau, the town because it, there's still a thriving town around Dachau. Um, you know, people are having fun and they're laughing and, you know, it's it's like a normal town. But it's like, as you get closer and closer to where the concentration camp is, like you feel it getting more and more and more sullen. And then you're at the concentration camp and it's like you could hear a pin drop anywhere in the camp. Even like, you know, there's little kids kind of running not running like wild but they're with their parents and they're walking around and you know and and you can just like everybody is super reverent right at this place and it's just eerily reverent for as many people that is there but you're there and you know we're walking through and just getting a little emotional thinking about it is that we're we're walking into where the gas chamber was right and you you're walking into the dressing room and you can see the door that leads into the gas, and you go into the gas chamber. You don't just hang out outside, you go in. But by the gas chamber, there's a door, and everybody would strip their clothes. And that door opened up to where the crematorium was for the Nazis to take the clothes and burn the clothes that then lit the fires that burned the bodies of, of the Jews and the gypsies and everybody who went through this concentration camp because it was efficient. And to them, it was about efficiency. What is the cheapest way to commit this genocide? And wow. you you walk through that, and I know it's heavy, and I know it is, but it's one of those things where it's like, I will never experience something so humbling and hurtful and inspiring to see what has come from that, what 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 has spawned from that, even what what greatness has grown from that. Right. Um but at the same time to stand there where they stood and to walk into the gas chamber where they walked in and to still see in the ceiling where the shower heads were, where the gas poured out of. And then it went from changing room to gas chamber to um, where they just grab bodies and just put them right on the conveyor belt, right into the ovens. And, you know, amazing. Um, words escape me and I talk a lot. 
Exactly. But yeah, I'm not sure there's obviously there's any way to, to follow up that because that's just an amazing right. story. I can't imagine, you know, yeah. um, being there. You're right. That must be a surreal experience. It's probably it, obviously it's life life changing. I've heard people yeah. that went to a Holocaust Museum in the United States found it life changing. And then if you're actually mm -hmm. there at the concentration camp. So uh, right. thank you so much for, for sharing about that. Uh, again, I, I, I want to go to Europe and, and see what it's yeah. like there. Uh, I, I do want to check out the, the steak as well, but so much yeah, to, to learn about our, our history. And you think of the World War II as so long ago, is like a lifetimes ago. You know, it's like an, it's, it's, it's history book kind of stuff. It right. wasn't that long ago in our in the no. grand scheme of things. All right. Well, speaking of this is not really a good transition, but I'm going to transition anyways. We got to cover we some of the legal news while you were gone. For sure. Gallivanting around Europe. Uh, and mm -hmm. so let's start off here with, um, I think we need more love in our world. Uh, that, that's kind of my, my take. I think that in this day and age we where do. our political people are always wanting to mm -hmm. polarize and divide rather than communize. That's a really bad word. We really is that in my ooh, notes. Uh, basically, find find community, find people, things in common. So but communist sounds so like a close. communist. Oh my goodness! Come on, you're so close, Joel. You <laughs> so, want to be there. You want to be there. So find things that are common and, and unite. My point is, we need more love in this day and age. And with that as a mm -hmm. setup, here's what happened in Florida. There was this judge, and she was presiding over not necessarily a trial. But the sentencing of a trial, because mm -hmm. the defendant had already pled guilty, this was a situation where a uh, a person, I had, their first name escapes me here, but the last name was Cruz. He's the one who murdered mm -hmm. 17 people yeah, in the Parkland. Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida in 2018. It was one of the deadliest mass shootings in the history of the United States. And so Gosh, yeah. Nicholas Cruz was the, the, the defendant's name. He pled guilty. Yeah. So this isn't the the trial to determine guilt right. and innocence. This is the second phase where then you decide what should be the sentence. And so in right. this situation, you're going to talk about the death penalty is going to be on the mm -hmm. line. Now, for you non-constitutional lawyers out there, in order for there to be a death sentence administered, it has to be from the jury and a jury right. of your peers. And it has to be unanimous. Now, that's not always the case in our history. If you want to go back to the uh, Civil War and the trials of the people who assassinated the President Lincoln, uh, it was mm -hmm. just simply a majority uh, a vote there mm -hmm. to find them guilty. And then I think the uh, the death sentence was a supermajority vote, but it wasn't a unanimous mm -hmm. requirement. Well, back here, right. under our Constitution now, it does require a unanimous vote. And so this judge um, was presiding over this sentencing phase. This judge's name was Scherer. And during the yeah. trial, and definitely right after the trial, the judge stepped down and gave a hug to all of the members of the prosecution's team. Now, she also yep. tried to hug the members of the defense team, but they did not want to hug her. And so she just hugged members of the prosecution's team. Chris, what do you think about that? A judge steps down after a very contentious trial. I mean, this would have lasted six no. months, and you're talking the it death did. penalty is on the line. I, I can't imagine how horrible it would be to seek the death of someone else using our legal system. That's called the death mm -hmm. penalty. That's how it's done. 
The prosecutors right. have to actually actively say, I want to take your life. I can't imagine yep. the mindset that would have to. I actually know someone who he was a prosecutor one time and he made the decision to seek the death penalty. And that that's that weighs that's on rough. a person. Oh gosh, and so weighs. here after that six month ordeal and trial, which, by the way, ended up in no death penalty, just a life sentence. The judge mm -hmm. stepped down and hugged all the members of the prosecution's team. Now, Chris, before I go ahead and give what was the the outcome from this, was that okay? Was that not okay? What's your take on what this judge did? It's not okay. Like, I I, I fully believe we need more love in this world. I, Joel, you and I are on that bus together. We're driving it to our commune because we want more love. Um, but you gotta. The judge has to, even though. She attempted to hug everybody, right? It wasn't like she just beelined it for the prosecution. It was like, you're my buddies, you're my pals, high five, hug. Sorry we couldn't put them to death, right? Like, it wasn't that sort of thing. There's that level of professionalism that you just have to, it, you know, it, the, the, the level there, the, there's a reason we separate judges from lawyers. Like, you got to have that level. You could say thank you. You can write a very nice thankful no it just it's it's in that personal and not everybody's a hugger as well well there, there's that right. i do know not everyone is a yeah. hugger that's another if you want to say comical aspect of it. it's like i know a lot right, of people right. who are not huggers and chris i hate right. to say it i kind of target them because i don't i, li I like hugging there's nothing <laughs> wrong with hugs. a hugger if you're not a hugger hug. that's on you and that actually is a that's personality true. defect i'm just gonna lay it right on the lane <laughs> there and that needs to be changed and so if i'm around you i'm gonna try to change that there's nothing wrong with a nice embrace, right? Now, I will say that if yeah, I'm going to hug a um, uh, a female, I do do the side hug, so I'm pretty good mm -hmm. at that. I'll I grab do the, Keanu the side, exactly. You know, you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. But 100%. here, I'm going to call you to task on this. Now, I do think it was unfortunate that the mm -hmm. defense team did not want to engage in this hug fest. I I do think that's unfortunate because if she had hugged everyone. Let's, so mm -hmm. let's assume that actually happened. She had hugged everyone. Right. Why can't you show a little human emotion? After all, AI has not taken over yet. I do know AI is in the process of taking us over. So once right. you get the Perfect. robots and the, the UFO Martians that are going to come and take us over, which we're going to talk about that a right. little bit later, apparently that's already in progress. We're not mm -hmm. there yet. We're still humans. Why not let your humanity come out as you do a very difficult job? I mean, I'm, you're not wrong. My hold on a second. Can we note that part? You yes. are not wrong. Can you say you're not wrong, you're not Joel? Wrong. You are not wrong, Joel. <laughs> all right, there you go. <laughs> you are not wrong, sir. I, I can do this all day. <laughs> My immediate thoughts, right? And this is again because um, I'm I'm a filthy low life, and you can have that one as well. Um, I would refuse the hug, so that way I could appeal the decision that was made on the basis that the judge was too friendly with the prosecution. And, and right. I, cause, I, cause I am the lowest form of filth. Cause that is the only thing that I'm thinking of right now. I'm not thinking of compassion. I'm not thinking we just went through this horrendous thing. I'm not thinking that this 18 year old kid that committed this horrendous act of murdering his classmates and teachers. Um, all I'm thinking of now is like, how can I get this on appeal? How can I get this back? How can I like, that's the, that is the absolute like, callous lawyer side of me going what what's my angle 
This is my yes. better call Saul. What's I do agree angle? with that one. There is a callous angle to the law. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. We're, and I, I get that's what's going on here. In fact, the Florida um, the Supreme Court uh, oh revealed gosh, yeah. uh, the, the commission. They said, look, unanimously, what she did was wrong. It was not mm-hmm. appropriate. And uh, and I, I don't like this. That that's how the, the Judicial Qualifications Commission's ruled. They said that she right. had engaged in inappropriate behavior. I yep. just don't think that's right. I think that's totally appropriate. I do wish the defense had, uh, you know, participated right. in the hug. I get that they didn't, so it created this thing where this look where she was just hugging the prosecution, the prosecution. and not the defense. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a odd look. I do right. get that aspect of it, but man, I, I wish they would just focus on the fact that the defense did not participate, and because they did not participate, it just had a bad look to it. But I see nothing wrong with showing a little bit of humanity. I actually had a case um, in, in New York City where my client, it, New was a, York City. it was a full week trial over whether or not his kids should be um, expelled from school because they did not have certain immunizations. He had a religious belief okay. and opposition to immunizations. A full week trial. We won. The judge had read the opinion from the bench. My client was so ecstatic and excited. Mm-hmm. He gave me a hug right then. He then yeah. went to the opposing I'm- counsel, hugged the opposing counsel, went to the bailiff, hugged the bailiff, went to the judge. The bailiff stopped it right there. But what right. I'm saying is <laughs> he was so excited. Very quick. He just could not contain his exuberance. And everyone right. found out about his uh, his compa- or his or his thoughts about what the judge was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she try to hug the defendant? In my that, case, I, no, 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 no. Oh, no. In, in this, this in this judge in Florida, did she try to go and hug? Because I think that would have a judge after handing down a life sentence goes down to try to hug the defendant. I don't know, man. That's tough. That's a tough one. That is, that is tough. So here's and, what happened. It's this... not an easy down. It's not an easy way to walk down from the bench, right? The benches aren't set up for the judges to descend. Right. Like for those of you who haven't been in a courtroom, right. The judges are sitting up a little higher than the rest of us. And they're usually behind this nice big wooded panel, obviously very, very nice craftsmanship, but there's very little access points to get behind the bench. One of that is so criminal defendants don't have a quick access to the judge or their clerks, right? Right. Like safety reasons. Um, So I wonder if she like walked out of her chambers, came around into the courtroom and started hugging. I, I know that's tangential and I apologize, but that's where I'm going. So this is the outcome here. She was a 46 year old judge, a Broward County Mm -hmm. circuit judge. She retired last month, 46 years old. She's obviously not just retiring. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's moving on to go work for a law firm or or something. I don't know, Yeah, but I I can imagine why she wanted to retire because I can't, I can't imagine being in her situation where you're seeking someone's death. Mm-hmm. I know she wasn't doing it. The prosecution was, right. but she She's was involved referee. with that process and that had to really weigh on her. And I'm oh, sure. I, I like the fact that he, her humanity came out, but she probably said, I, I can't handle this anymore. I, and I mm-hmm. went out of this. So she's probably going to be replaced by some AI, you know, computer generated tr- <laughs> drone who has absolutely zero emotion. And apparently that's what we want in our judicial system. Look, All your right. boy DeSantis gets to replace her. Okay. It's Florida. She's a superior court judge. They're appointed by the governor. Your boy DeSantis can put your buddy Donald Trump right there on the bench and let him run a fiefdom. 
Especially and you, know, you know how to make someone feel good. You know that you have that. that I do. That tap. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for like this is. This, you know what I actually think, and again, tangential because this is where I'm at right now. She could probably get a show on court TV, like The Love Judge, right? And instead of like Judge Judy or Judge Joe Brown or Judge whoever is there, Judge Daphne or whatever, or Steve Harvey's a judge now. I don't know where they're like yelling at people and telling them that they're being stupid. She could just be like that. We need to love oh, one another. There you go. Right. The, the she love can make judge. Ten, she can make eight to 10 figure salary and be the love judge. The love. Judge. I hope that you go through right. Broward County and you get a traffic ticket and you have to appear before the love judge. The and love she judge. gives you a big embrace hug at the end. And you're oh just going to deal with but it. I'm a hugger, Joel. Okay, Joel, I'm a hugger. Good. Then you're good. Like I, I'll hug the bailiff. I'll hug the, the court clerk. I'll hug the judge. I'll hug everybody. Speaking of love judge, let's now go over to Hunter Biden's legal situation Ooh, because the love he, judge. Uh, Hunter Biden, I think, uh, what what was his last situation? He has a he fathered a grandchild, did he not? For um, oh uh, uh, Papa Joe Biden, uh, with a uh, certain lady that Papa Joe Biden fails to recognize because she apparently she likes a stripper pole. I'm not going to go there. Okay, I just did go there. Uh, but no, nonetheless, every Fox News opening statement just happened right then and there. All right. How many salacious things can we say in one sentence to bring down Joe Biden with Hunter Biden's bad behavior? I called him Papa Joe. Is that is that yeah. not enough of endearment for Papa Joe? I mean, I don't know. Um, right. Do you call him Daddy Donald? Like. That sounds a little freakish. I'm not going to call them. You're not going to call anyone daddy. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Poppy Trump, whatever. All whatever right. you want to do. The, the Don. The Don. The, the, no, he's not a system. There's a mafia connotation to it. It does. And yeah. that would that would imply the fact that he is a career criminal, which you know oh, I don't know. It fits. It, oh, it, the shoe does fit. Well, I'm the saying. Shoe. The red tie fits on that one. All right. All right. So go back here to Hunter Biden's situation. Okay. So Talk for several, Hunter. several years, he had this thing going on where he would go around the world picking up bags of cash, trading it on his last name. And there might be some allegation as to who else's name was he trading on. I know it was his last mm -hmm. name he was trading it on Biden, but was it someone else's first name attached to that? Whatever. But he basically right. failed to pay anywhere between 1.1 million and 1.5 million in federal taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that, that's, that's a big deal. In fact, the number should be way higher than that. But for some reason, the special prosecutor here, we decided not pursue this before the statute of limitations had run on a lot of that money. So, but right. whatever, I have no idea why he let the statute of limitations run on his previous tax failings, but at least mm -hmm. we have 1.1 to 1.5 million at issue here. Chris, I'm going to just maintain that if you or if I failed uh -huh. to file taxes and you don't pay taxes at all to, and it's to yeah. tune of 1.1 to 1.5 million, our sorry butts are going to jail. I'm just going to throw yes. that out there. I'm pretty sure that's going to, yes. that's what's going to happen to you or I, well, he also had a problem with drugs and he yes, tried he to get a gun. And so he, apparently that's against the law. We don't like people who are yes. addicted to drugs, getting, getting drug uh, firearms. And so that also Depending was on the criminal. state depends on the state. That's true. States rights. So yeah, yeah these two in, in Delaware, yeah, these two it's issues going on. You have gun 
issues and you have not paying taxes. Well, mm-hmm. the prosecution thought, let's cut a deal here for um, this person who yep. failed to pay taxes on one over $1 million. Let's just slap him on the wrist and put him yep. on a one-year diversion. But here's the mm-hmm. people were all right. up in arms with this. This is a sweetheart deal. There's no way anyone else, if, if your last name was not the name of a sitting policy president, you would get this kind of sweetheart deal. That's the kind of argument that was made. And there was a thought that, well, hold on. Is this conclude all of the investigation into to Hunter Biden? Because there's there's right. something else there that everyone wants to know. And that is how he got the bags of cash in the first place. There's a lot of issues there. And why do we know there's a lot of issues there? Because Hunter Biden was so stupid. He left his laptop with a repair guy and just left it mm-hmm. there. He never picked yeah. it up. And so now we went through, we've gone through his laptop and we've seen these pictures. We've seen all these emails. We know what he was saying. For example, he told one uh, foreign dignitary that, look, you need to pay us our money and pay us now. By the end of the day, I want to hear from you. And if I don't hear from you, we're talking millions of dollars, then my dad is going to find out about this and he's not going to be happy. Something to that effect. Right. When his dad was a private citizen and no longer in the U.S. government. But that's beside the point. They uh, or 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 uh, uh, vice president, one or the other. The yeah, <laughs> vice president, private citizen. But no, it's, it's mm-hmm. been going on for a long time. You're right; it did also go on in the interim period of time as well. Yep. Uh, and so they want to know: Well, how much did Papa Joe know about this? I mean, right. th- we know Hunter Biden was doing this. But how, did, was was his dad in on this? Uh, and uh, then also they came out. Uh, there was a text message between Hunter Biden and his kids saying, "Look, I'm not going to do the same thing to you that my dad did me, where he required me to give him back half the money and pay all of his bills. I'm not going to put that on you." Like, hold on. So Hunter Biden has to pay Papa Joe half of the money that he makes from all of these deals. Oh, you can see how inquiring minds might want to know, right? Right. Because, right. okay. you know, Hunter Biden's a reliable source. I'm just putting that out there. And that is like, a very valid point. There is no right, doubt Hunter, that's a very valid point. All right. right so here's I'm, what's. Right. The, the kid who has drug issues, monogamy issues, life issues, that's been handed everything in his life and has screwed everything up, is now telling his kids that Grandpa Joe was this horrible person and made me give him half. Like, it just. Like I get what you're saying, I. But here's yeah, the deal, no. and I get what you're saying. Still, inquiry minds want to know. Yeah. Okay, you're taking residence right now at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. You're living at the White House. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we, we want to ask the question. We want to take discovery. We want to know is what you're mm-hmm. saying accurate? Can can we ask Papa Joe these questions? And that's where the whistleblower came in. And the whistleblower says, no, you cannot uh, ask it. Or the whistleblower said that the, the attorney was shut down. It was not allowed to ask any of those questions and pursue any of those line of thoughts. And so now that we have this plea deal, that's why people are up in arms. Because they say, well, hold on. There's a lot more here. Does this close the deal? Are we done now with all of our investigation? All right, so Chris, now I want to take you to the court proceeding that just happened this week in front of the, the federal judge there in, in Delaware, I believe. And this yep. is what the judge said. And by the way, the judge was a 
Donald Trump appointee, right? Let's get that mm-hmm. out there on the table. And, and so is the special prosecutor that's prosecuting Hunter Biden is a Trump appointee as well. That that is true. Though he worked for um, the current American attorney Trump. general, yep. uh, who was appointed by uh, Papa Joe. All right, correct. So, so this is is before this U.S. District Judge Marilyn Noraika. I'm probably butchering uh, the person's mm-hmm. name, but she Sorry. had some questions that she wanted to ask. Because if I'm going to accept this plea deal. I want to make sure both sides are on the same page. And so basically she wanted to know, is this going to seal the deal for everything? I mean, is this a global, you know, um, uh, immunity kind of situation where it's going to, or it's going to take care of all of the potential claims or is there some ongoing investigations? And to which um, Biden's lawyer said, no, this is it. This is done. There's no more investigations. This is sealing the deal. We're walking out of here. Clean slate. The DOJ said, uh, not necessarily. We're still yeah. investigating. Hold on. How we'll, do you we'll guys, stop. how do you not have a meeting in the minds here? That's a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Chris, I am going to maintain that as a lawyer, this sounds weird. We would not be going before a judge and be confused as a such, as a, such a basic issue of mm-hmm. what are we settling here? Is this a global right. settlement or is this a very narrow settlement? Right. Are you telling me, do you buy, Chris, that there was no meeting of the minds before this or are stories shifting in front of this judge? I think, honestly, I think that's on the prosecution, right? Prosecution is the one that writes up the deal. Prosecutions are the ones that offer the, like, it's in the prosecution's courthouse. Like, it is their game. Like, you can negotiate back and forth as a defense attorney and you do it all the time. But you can go, all right, let's do this. I want you know, we'll plead to the two taxes. We're going to drop the gun. We're going to drop the foreign um, service stuff. Like I am a thousand percent sure that the defense knew what they know what's wrong with Hunter. It's very clear, right? They knew what he was facing. So they knew what the deal was going to entail. Right. And they wouldn't accept the plea deal unless it, it was a global deal. The prosecution botched it and not even like disrespectfully, like, just drop the ball. Like the judge, the judge's job is the, the judges usually don't have the plea agreements until they're right there in front of them. So the judge asking these questions, completely normal. The defense is like, yeah, this is the plea deal that we agreed with. We're not going to plead our client to crimes unless this is a deal that we can live with. I don't think that they're trying to pull a hard and fast one going, Oh yeah, this is for everything. This is for everything. Prosecution should have known that ahead at like, they they are the ones that need to be a little more clear on what's going on here. So then because- here's what happened. At this moment in time, the judge said, well, if there's no meeting of the minds, then there's right. no deal. So right. that's when the lawyer started to panic. Because I think that this whole plea deal <laughs> was also made with another term called the wink and the nod. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you guys, okay, this is what we're going to put on paper, but... We all know what we're doing here. And, and, right. and so I think that when they realized that, oh, oh, well, maybe we should have answered differently. So then the lawyer, uh, let's see here, it was um, Chris Clark, Hunter Biden's lawyer, right. asked for a short recess to consult with the prosecutors. After a break, they came back and they said, you know what? We're good to settle this case. I, I guess maybe I misunderstood the week and the nod. Right. And we now will accept uh, this plea, to which the judge said, not so nope. fast. Now this smells nope. fishy. Now this does not look right at all. And there was another constitutional issue because one of the terms of the agreement was is that if 
there was not complete satisfaction of the, the diversion agreement by Hunter Biden, a fact-finding matter would go back before this judge. So the judge really would be acting as a prosecutor, and the judge thought that's going to upset the separation of powers. I, I'm a does. court. I can't be acting as a prosecutor. So you guys need to brief me on this matter, and I'll take 30 days to brief me. So, Chris, that's where we mm -hmm. are right now. They're at a briefing yeah. stage now where they're going to brief the constitutionality of the issue of can the judge act in this role as a quasi prosecutor mm -hmm. to determine if um if yeah the the this this, right. this this diversion was violated. All right, so Chris, you know what? who wins? You know who wins on, on in all of this? Who? Latham and Watkins, because they're going to keep racking up that billable hour on Hunter Biden's case, and they're going to keep ending up on the news, and they're going to keep getting talked about. They're the big winners here. Latham and Watkins. I don't know what's going to go on right now. I, on one hand, yeah. the Republicans are chomping in the bit saying, okay, good. Now we have mm -hmm. another 30 plus days to do our investigation. So they're going to ratchet it up because again, they want to oh, start yeah, asking questions sure. about what did Papa Joe know with this whole arrangement about the, all mm -hmm. these dealings overseas. And, and so the, um, I think they're yeah. going to be putting yeah. this on the fast track now because they got 30 days to before this is done to gather up as much information as, as they can. Oh, of course they are. That, oh man. How many hearings are we going to have on Hunter Biden's, you know, laptop bag that are going to happen over the next 30 days. Marjorie Taylor Greene is chomping at the bit. Her and Lauren Boebert are going to set aside their feud for five minutes to just attack Hunter Biden. Can I just pause right here to make another passing comment about the, let's go back three years ago when I was pulling my hair out. This, by the way, folks, this is the same laptop that Facebook and that Twitter back in 20, 2020 told us there's nothing to see here. No, this is all fake news. It's like, what? This is fake news. And so we had to suppress all this information. I digress. I'm not going to uh, go there, mm -hmm. even though I just did. All right. Yep. <laughs> Moving on now to our next. Chris, am I, am I on a high horse today? Kind of, but I really yeah. enjoy it. It's been... Joel, it's been weeks since we've had these moments together and we're basking in all of our glory in all of them. So it I'm is about ready, to though, to, to take it up a notch in, in oh, my... Oh, let's uh, ratchet it up. So, let's yeah, go. I'm just going up. I'm just getting warmed up here. Okay, no. there's been a... a, a I, Chris, I think, I'm going to lay this on the line here. Cocaine was found at the White House and Secret Service has no idea who's cocaine this is now chris i am going to suggest this is a national security issue and concern of the highest level would you not agree with me on this one no i wouldn't actually <laughs> like i so we were in germany when this story broke and like the german news reporting it was cocaine found in white house biden and entire family at camp david <laughs> and it was like i see what you did there I see what you did there to say that Hunter Biden didn't leave his cocaine at yep. the White House. Let's see what you did there. Um, do I, it's a breach, obviously, but if you've done the tour in the White House, like getting a bag of cocaine into the White House isn't that difficult when you're do, when you're and where it was found was in a public area. Like it wasn't like it was found under the Oval Office Resolute Desk, right? It was it was found in in a public area where a tour would have walked by. Though I mean. In the open spaces of the White House, it's pretty easy to smuggle anything that's non-metal, 
So, so we have this white substance uh, that's, uh-huh. that's cocaine that could look yep, like anything else. I don't know what anthrax right. looks like, but is there another white powdery substance oh, besides cocaine? It could, it could flour? look like anthrax. It could yeah. look like fentanyl. It, it could look like so ground we're gonna, up we're, aspirin. We're going to bring this back. And by the way, isn't there another regular uh, inhabitant of the White House um, who has a problem with cocaine? That's right. right. Hunter Biden. Uh, and that's so that's why they made that announcement. Here is why this is a national security concern to me. Not that cocaine was found at the White House. That's Mm -hmm. not that big of a deal from my perspective. It's that Secret Service has no idea how to do fingerprint analysis. Chris, these are the guys in charge with protecting our president. They have not heard about fingerprint analysis yet. Are they still using dial-up internet at the at the White House? Of I mean, course. this is a serious security concern, I believe, at, at our White House. I, I, in reading the stories about this and the various news organizations, it's not that they don't use fingerprint analysis. They did not want to donate the time, energy, or effort to analyze this bag because it belonged to Hunter Biden, but. What they they came back with? Look, there was 500 people. There was staff. It's a waste of time and money to figure out what the equivalent of a misdemeanor possession of cocaine would have been, and that that's their official statement. And let me tell you something, Joel. I am absolutely shocked that police officers in this nation are choosing not to investigate a crime that isn't super easy to solve. Hold on. I got pearls whilst I was in Germany. Let me go get them so I can clutch said pearls. Because it is shocking to me that law enforcement would be this lazy. I, I tell shocking. you. Well, we have missed you from being over there in Germany for those four <laughs> weeks. And you know, you're back here in the greatest country mankind has ever seen. And I do believe that. Mm-hmm. But apparently... Not only do they not know how to do fingerprint analysis, I'm going to maintain, though I do get your point mm-hmm. of, they're probably not wanting to do too right. much analysis. They don't I, care. I kind of think that's what's going on, too. Probably whoever picked up the bag had no gloves, like, okay, oh, this bag, okay, let's, hey, let's fingerprint this bag. Oh, it's too late now to do any fingerprint. Sorry, my bad. That being said, let's assume that they did do an analysis. They said, look, there's no fingerprints on this bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a tip for you then, Secret Service. It's it's 100 degrees outside in Washington, oh D.C. Yeah. yeah. How about start your, your, your focus on the one person walking in wearing gloves, okay? It's, it's a 100 degrees out. Why not start your investigation with that person, the person wearing gloves? It would be the only person wearing gloves in all of Washington, D.C. on that Watch particular there be day. Like- a little kids glove convention and there's like 75 Matilda looking little girls with little French gloves on. And you're just like, nah, the handbell hand choir came out that day. All the handbell choirs were doing their bells. Right. Right. Or it's like a hand convention where it's like guys with like a prosthetic hand and the other hands in a glove. And you're just like, Joel, I hate everything about this. All right, well, Chris, we we've let, we saved the biggest issue until last. Well, oh, actually, huge. we still got to talk about football. But before we get there, here oh, yeah. is the issue. In, in in Congress this week, they held congressional hearings 
over UFOs. Now I'm so excited. I don't know what I'm to so make excited. of this. I gotta tell you, I listened to a couple of podcasts this week, and this is not gonna surprise mm-hmm. you, but one of them was Ben Shapiro, who's uh, this avid liberal out there. Okay, he's not so liberal. He's actually yeah. pretty conservative. He's, he's uh, an avid incel. Yeah. yeah, but but nonetheless, he was basically saying there is no way there are actual UFOs. This is bogus. This is a joke. There's no such thing as UFOs. Now, his his proof for that was that Donald Trump was in the White House for four years and that there had been any UFOs. Do you think the Don could have kept his mouth shut on that one? No. He, 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 so, uh, but it is possible maybe they didn't give him that intel. There's that. And I'm going to go with that one. All right, then I listened to the podcast from Clay Travis. If you don't know who Clay Travis mm-hmm. is, he is the founder of Outkick. It's a it's a media company. Uh, it's a website, mm-hmm. and also it, it's a podcast. And he also replaced Rush Limbaugh on on the time slot. So he's he's a conservative yeah. voice. He said, "Yeah, of course it's UFOs. He believes that probably also time travel is going on here." Pretty sure he said that with a straight face. I listened to the entire podcast. There was no insinuation. It was a joke. Wow. We are living. I mean, all doors are open, right? All the doors are open. There's my my absolute favorite part of this, like more than anything else, is the absolute like lack of fanfare. We're just like, yeah, of course. I mean, of course we're living through unprecedented times still. Of course there's Oh, aliens? Great. I got them on my bingo card. Right here next to plague, uh, earthquakes, tornadoes, firestorms, like, oh, famine. Yeah, toilet paper shortage right there next to, you know, let's let's do this. Reality right? TV star let's being go. elected president. Yeah, it, it's all it's right. all there. Right. It's all like the 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 amount of numbness of the yeah. American people right now. And like a buddy of mine looked over and he goes, Great, there's aliens. Is that gonna lower prices at the pump? Like, is that, is that what, are, 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 are we going to be good with eggs? Like, are we, what's the next, okay, there's aliens here. Are, are they Dr. Pepper fans? So are we going to go a shortage on Dr. Pepper? Like, where, what, what am I doing? Is, is this going to affect deflation? Like, Chris, that is amazing. Can... You, you, that is so well said. You are right. right. We like, have taken a collective, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> you know? It's aliens. Do they have shawarma? Did they bring bacon? Like, what's, like. Who cares? Wow, that is amazing. Time travel. I, I got to, right. maybe time travel is right. I, I don't know Ooh. about this. You you would think of time travel. Here's the thing I don't understand about time travel. If mm-hmm. there is such a thing as time travel, are we on the outer skirts of what is real? So we haven't gotten to that point yet. Are we midway through? So it's that if there was time travel eventually discovered, shouldn't they be here right now? you know, cashing in on the lottery. Uh, I don't know where we actually would fit in the continuum of time. This is, this is weird confession time. One of my odd, like almost debilitating fears is time travel. Like the idea of going like the butterfly effect, right? I, a butterfly flaps its wings in Samoa and there's an earthquake in Minnesota, right? The, that sort of thing. Um, also, if there's time travel, how is this the best timeline? Like straight up, how 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 is everything that's going on in this world right now with war in Ukraine, with the Holocaust, with um, D- D- Donald Trump's issues, with the delegitimacy of the presidency of the United States, with the mass shootings at schools, with childhood cancer, with all of these, how is this the best timeline? 
Like, wow. Make you it make know sense. how to bring down a, uh, a podcast. That is for sure. Right. I'm like that, but this is the, again, this is a Chris Marone irrational fear. Like, but you're right. If there, if there is time travel, how is this the best world we can live in? But here's what you're, here's the implication of what you're saying. If there is time travel ever, mm-hmm. that means there's been no cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if there was cure for cancer, eventually I've seen the TV right. shows, the movies, they would have come back to this point in time and they would have given it. us a cure for it. Or they would have went and stopped Hitler. Right. School shootings is the price that we pay because by stopping school shootings, there's a much worse future. How is You're this right. the best timeline? This is not. So How? we have to be on the, the front edge then of time. Right. So that way we are at the first of the, the, the pioneers here. So some right. one of us has to invent the time machine and then come back in reiterations. I guess I have no idea what I'm talking about. But And that's not how time machine works, right? Because... <laughs> If one of us, right? And if we did, you really just machine, say that's not how time machine works? Because <laughs> right, if we invent the time machine and we come back, do we change it to where we don't invent the time machine later? I don't, oh my goodness! Irrational fears, Joel. Irrational fears. Yeah, is, is the name Marty? Uh, you Marty know, McFly. It, yeah, Marty McFly. Exactly. Yeah. There, there are Man. rules to time travel, and I just I'm not there up on them right now. But. <laughs> That's not how time we travel should, works. We should write. You said that I, with such authority. I believed you as if there was a rule on how time travel works. <laughs> Just saying, man, I've spent many a night, sleepless, sleepless nights laying in bed trying to figure out how time travel works. All right. There you go. Hey, you know what? It is time now for courtroom quarterback. Sports World Alive. Hey, it is baseball trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. Is Shohei Otani going anywhere? Let's That's talk about question. it. Uh, you have been out of the country yeah. for so many uh, days. You probably didn't realize I'm... he already was traded to the San Francisco Giants. Did you not hear about that? <sighs> Sorry about that. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, he is. Is that the like baby. the Aaron Judge rumors? Like when Aaron Judge was a giant for like two days? There, there you go. Maybe you get both of them. They those two need to be on the same team. Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth, right there. Time travel. Just Can- saying. Kansas City Royals. So uh, no, I, I don't know. Well, it, was it a mistake? I just checked today, and the Angels sit seven games out of first place in their division, yep. and they have the best player to play maybe in the history of Major League Baseball. He's yeah. that good. Uh, and he's, he, he's not been injury prone at all, really, that I can tell of. Insane. So do do they trade him? Do they hope to re-sign him? I don't think you trade the best player no. in the history of the game. I not think you just all. hope to make a run, get in the postseason, and then just open up the bank vaults for this guy. So Otani today, and we're recording this on Thursday, he pitched um, a shutout this morning. And then he hit, and it's a doubleheader today with the Angels. He pitched a no-hitter, or a shutout. He got one hit. He pitched a shutout today against the Tigers. And then he hit two home runs in the afternoon game. You don't trade that man. Wow. You pay him all the money, all the monies. All no. the monies in all the world. You Well, and they also, today, the Angels picked up two relief pitchers. So it seems like they're going all in to help carry the load with, with, with Shohei. But you don't trade that man. They're you, only seven you, games. You out. get rid of Mike Trout before you get rid of Shohei Otani. 
Yes, you, you you try to make a run here and get in the postseason and make some hay, right. so that way he enjoys the experience, and enjoys his mm -hmm. teammates, and come on, and I would Anaheim. love, I would love for the Angels to win a ring. I would absolutely love it because, I mean, Mike Trout. I don't know of a more deserving he deserves it, deserving player to to be dedicated to the Angels, knowing that I mean, you. Last season and this season, you keep hearing like Mike Trout hit four home runs, Shohei Otani threw 16 strikeouts, and the Angels lost 18 to four. And you're like, how is this even possible that 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 happens? But it's just one of those things where it's like Mike Trout is arguably the second greatest player in the game right now, and he still hasn't made it to a single postseason. Wow, He's a ten, that ten time wrong. MVP. We need him in the postseason because when you're that right. good. We need to see him when all the pressure is on, and right. yeah, it, it needs to be done. Uh, I it's hope like a Dan Marino. My like my, just, my Royals, yeah. Kansas City Royals, are are epically bad this year, so there's no reason to Fair. root for them. Fair. And so I'm going to become Fair. an Angels fan for the rest of this no. year. And they're only seven games out, so who knows? Maybe they can make a run. Right. Well, and Otani is the home run leader. Like just watching it to watch Otani, who is three home runs ahead of Judge from last year. He's on track to hit 60. Come on, man. That's got to be – baseball's so romantic, man. I love this sport. It is just awe-inspiring at all times. Well, uh, let's now go from what used to be America's pastime to what is America's pastime, the NFL. And, yeah, right. <laughs> Messi playing at FC International Miami. Let's okay, that, go. That was amazing. I actually looked up tickets uh, <laughs> to see Messi, and I saw that he's playing my sporting KC, which is just down the street from where I live. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, oh, I want to see him, but they're playing in 500. Miami. Uh, and so, 500 a ticket, man. 500 really? a ticket for nosebleeds. Man, I, I want to see him play. Uh, but no, we're too. talking about the NFL, though. We will be following Messi because now I am a – well, I've always been a Messi fan. He's pretty much the only soccer right. player I do follow. Uh, I followed mm -hmm. him for several – probably eight or 12 years. He's. A, yeah. I don't know why I, I, I liked Messi. And maybe I heard his story about how he was somewhat mm – -hmm. I don't want to say deformed, but he doesn't look like a natural athlete. He definitely had some issues he had to overcome just to be able to be right. an athlete. And now he's at the top, top of, the of the game. Yeah. Yes. All right, so but let's talk about the NFL and and Chris. You mm -hmm. has anyone said you have a little bit of a resemblance to uh, Andy Reid? Yes, and most Halloween parties that I attend, I go as Andy Reid because it's go. an easy costume. Maybe cut a little of your hair off. Uh, I usually wear the hairstyle. Hat. Okay, right? I use go. the cheese hat, so we're good there. I always worry because I want to cut the mustache right to like right here and get rid of the goatee. But it's always like, no, we're doing family pictures the next day for our Christmas card. So it's like, all right, I'll just wear all the Chiefs get up and the hat and all that stuff. And people will know that I'm Andy Reid. There you go. Well, you, that's a great uh, look for you to have. Mm -hmm. So I want you to play Andy Reid. If I had known Greatest you had a coach. costume, I would have had you, you know, go get your Andy <laughs> Reid costume on. But that's here true. is the deal. I think the Chiefs are in trouble. We are in a pickle mm -hmm. because greed has entered into the Kansas City locker room. And just right. to give you some context, several years ago, uh, the greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes, was uh, he needed his contract extended because he was the best quarterback, uh, you know, around. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to pay this guy. So we don't lose him. He Franchise. took less money. He left money on the table. Why did he do that? 
because there's a salary cap in the NFL. And if he knows the more he takes, the more inferior players that are around him. Exactly. And it takes a team to win. Look at who some consider the GOAT, Thomas Brady. He always took less money. So that way, the receivers are better. The people blocking for him are a little bit better. They get their money as well. And so Patrick Mahomes did that same thing. Our our Mm -hmm. quarterback is underpaid. Uh, Right now, he's like the eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Are you kidding me? Patrick Mahomes is the eighth highest. Yeah, but we got some stupid deals come out with Jalen and Lamar and what's that kid's name over in Justin uh, Herbert. Yeah, All like, the, come yeah. on. So crazy. Some idiotic, uh, idiotic stuff. So that being said, our tight end, uh, Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Grossly underpaid. I mean, he's, like, he, he's one of the best receivers and tight ends yep. in history. And right. uh, if you watch the Chiefs play, you know how integral he is to our team. He's grossly. Mm-hmm. They almost don't mind. Um, who doesn't want more money? Chris, if you're going to offer me a mm-hmm. million dollars or two million, I'm going to take the two million. It's just what I'm going to do, right? We, who right. doesn't want an extra money? But they were willing to take less because it meant the team would have more success. You, you want that from your leaders. You want that from mm-hmm. your team. Well, here in Kansas City, trouble is a brewing. And that's why you are paid yep. the big bucks as your Andy Reid lookalike. Um, and, and so... Chris Jones, our, our, one of our best defensive players. We drafted him. Yep. He was a stud there last year, a stud in the Super Bowl, though uh, I think he got his first postseason sack last year, despite the fact he's so incredible. But nonetheless, he is demanding a lot more money, so much so that there is a holdout. I believe Aaron Donald is the highest-paid defensive end in the league and mm-hmm. gets somewhere in the tune of $31 million. The next highest-paid yep. defensive end is $24 million. He wants to be paid like Aaron Donald. What do you, hey, hey, Andy Reid, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to pay Chris Jones the money, or are you going to say, we can't reward this? I mean, if we overpay for this defensive position... Gun. It's just going to, what is that going to say to the locker room? What is it going to say to Patrick Mahomes, to to Travis Kelsey? We're going to overpay all the positions now? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, because the problem, right, it's, it's that domino that tumbles, right? And look, I, I'm a full believer that you need to pay your defense very, very well. Aaron Donald being the highest paid defensive tackle is very clear reason. The guy is a beast, right? The guy... And he performs whether in the Super Bowl or not. He is an absolute beast. Um, also, Aaron Donald is marketable. I think a lot of times um, players forget the fact that the NFL is a business that is based on performance and marketability, right? Joe Burrow, his stock goes through the roof because he's, you know, he's Joe Cool, he's Joey B, or you know, Mahomes goes through there because he's really likable, right? He performs well on the field and he performs well in the public eye. That's what makes him a franchise player. Joe Montana was the same way. Jerry Rice is the same way. Like, you you got to be able to do both. And Chris Jones is a good defensive tackle, but he can't be the face of the Kansas City defense. He can't mingle and go out there and he's he's got Mahomes skill he's got Patrick Mahomes level skills and Jackson Mahomes level uh sociability right that, that that's the problem with with Chris Jones and 
if I was Andy Reid, um, I'd give him a number, and it would be a good number. Andy Reid is a fair man. He is a good coach. He knows what's best for the team. Um, and we've already set the precedent, right? Kelsey takes less money. Mahomes takes less money. We are taking less money because we are building a championship team. This is about rings. It's about dynasties. It's about making the best players we can humanly possible. This is not about you individual Chris Jones thinking that you deserve 10 million more than what we're going to pay you. And uh, by the way, you're getting paid a truck ton anyways. Yes. Yeah. I think let you it go, pay your bro. bills at $27 right. million dollars a year rather than right. 31. Hey, you, you said a lot of great things there. You, you brought up um, uh, Aaron Donald and, and Aaron, yes, the Rams did win a Super Bowl two years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's that, but where are they right now? Nowhere. A world of mess. No, they didn't no. make the playoffs last year. Their and coach quit. He's going on a discovery tour to find out who he is on the inside. And also, they don't have enough money to get extra help. Why? Right. That's when you overpay right. certain positions, you don't have the money and the flexibility to keep your team winning year after year. If you want a dynasty, you can't overplay pay at those positions. I mean, right. just look at um, uh, Tom Brady. If he is mm -hmm. the goat, it's because he was smart enough to know he has to take a lot less and have other players mm -hmm. take a lot less, so you can win over the years. If you don't do that, the salary cap right. will cost you uh, pretty shortly. And and the Chiefs have decided that you know what we want. We have Patrick Mahomes for the next ten years. We right. want to win throughout that entire 10-year period, so we cannot mm -hmm. overpay. We can't get caught up in these well, big-time contracts. And look at Tom Brady taking less money but surrounding himself with amazing players versus quarterbacks that took all the money and were knocked out of the league super quickly yes. because they had, no, they had no line to protect them. Yeah. Like, look, this is, this is, this is not a sprint, right? Like, this marathon— Right. We're, we're seeing more players play for longer now. And you can credit CTE studies for that. You can credit some of the changing rules. You can credit a lot of things to where it's not the 80s level of football. But you, you got to and, and Mahomes, again, is smart about this. And so was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady set the model is that take take five, 10, 15 million dollars less and build a wall that will allow you to play for eight or nine more seasons where you're right. getting 50 million a season. So right? think about the money in the long term. Let me throw this last thing by you. Do you know who the last Kansas City Chiefs player was who demanded to be paid at the tippy top of his position? Tyreek Hill. He's now playing for the Miami Dolphins. And what did the Chiefs do the Maybe. year he left? Maybe. He might be playing for the Miami Penal League coming up pretty soon. But the Chiefs won a Super Bowl when he left. Exactly. So it's not going to be the end of the world. And when you have that kind right. of greed in your locker room, it's just not toxic. a good fit for a it's dynasty. Toxic. Yeah, uh, hey, it's just toxic. Thanks so much, Chris, for joining us today. For, it's um, good to be back. I say joining you. You're back. You're back from your vacation. And you can go back and drink top, tap water to your heart's content at whatever restaurant you <laughs> oh. go to. I love it. Except tap water here is gross. Right. We'll see you next week. All right. See you, Joel. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri- Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.